the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me to discuss, I mean I don't know what we're going to discuss, hardly anything's happened, it's my partner in crime, it's Matt. Yeah, it's it's been a quiet week hasn't it mate? (laughs) Yeah, do you know sometimes when you do a podcast, it is a real struggle week to week to find things to talk about and uh, this week, talk about a slow news week, oof. Well, it's been quite nice the weather-wise, so let's maybe talk about the weather for. I'm sure people would be happy to for us listen to, for us to talk about the weather. That was easy that, for you to be say. A, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I get the impression that everybody listening right now is thinking to themselves, "Yeah, let's talk sunshine." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, I've got a, a rough running order um, of bullet points, which is kind of like these are the things we probably should touch on. Um, mm. I think the the one we got to open with is uh, Jose Mourinho sacked. <laughs> um, oh God. So Jose, well, uh, let me get this right. Jose Mourinho and his coaching team have been relieved of their duties. Uh, it's an important definition, I think, that I ought to put out there because a lot of people were wondering, you know, why aren't we sacking him? Is because of how much money we got to pay him in compensation and. You know, we've just had to pay Jose 30 million quid. We ain't going to sign anyone this summer. Basically, he's relieved of his duties. He's on gardening leave, him and all his coaching staff, which basically means they still draw their salary. They just got to stay the hell away. Um, Mauricio Pochettino, as many people remember, he did that um, when, when he left. Uh, it's the club's way of, one, you're still under contract, keep your gob shut. <laughs> it's, it's one thing. With Jose, that's not a bad thing. Um, and and two, it obviously spreads the cost rather than it being one lump payment. So he's still on the payroll, him and his coaching staff, but they are gonzo, relieved of their duties. Uh, I, I, let's just focus in purely on that at the moment. How, how are you feeling about that change? Uh, absolutely over the moon. Uh, <laughs> like it, it didn't yeah. take him long. To, I think the next day he posted something about um, like it was some title he'd won at Real Madrid, and he just. Just it's always just been about Jose, purely oh, just oh, about big him. Time. Yeah, yeah, big uh, time. <laughs> uh. Um I I decided in, in preparation for this and partly because my sleep pattern is gone to shit. I don't know anyone else listening. I swear it's lockdowns in the pandemic, but my sleep pattern's atrocious. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> but anyway. Um I, I listened to our show of when he was appointed. I thought I'd listen back to me and you talking about it because I, that's I, dedication, mate. That is dedication. It is, yeah. It's, that's like market <laughs> research going into it. Yeah. But what I thought was, I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to listen to it because I have obviously a vague recollection of what we did because it was me who said it. And I did listen to a snippet before before we did a show, which was basically me and you discussing our kind of our, our fears. You know, like we had all these hopes, but then we had like a kind of, uh, but I really hoped that when he says he's changed, he really has. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's really funny listening to it back because basically everything that me and you said, you know, when you appoint Jose, you're hoping for, you know, he brings that success. He brings the ability for us to take that final step, the belief in the squad, you know, all of that. And then me and you basically had this one bit where we go, but we do worry, you know, of this. 
everything we said, man, came to pass. Really? Everything. Everything. We, you talked about um, the way he singles out players sometimes, you know, and alienates them and, and it creates tension. <laughs> and and I talked about um, the way he becomes toxic with the media and therefore the squad becomes toxic and the atmosphere around the club just becomes one of everybody hates us. <laughs> mm, yeah. And and I sat there listening to it thinking, wow, you know, Mystic Sam and Mystic Matt, we, we, we called it. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think it was a case of me and you being so ahead of the curve. I think it was just a case of this is a pattern with this particular manager that everybody knew. And when he took a year out of the game and said, I've changed, I, possibly naively, was more than willing to give him that shot and that opportunity. But, what, it took 18 months for it to go? <laughs> I, I think I think it's more... I think it's more that we were hoping that that he mm. would um, have changed yeah. as opposed to expecting him to have changed. I, I mean, I, I work with um, I work with a guy, a big, massive Man United fan, yeah. and uh, he was telling me that you know towards the end with Mourinho at Man United, he said that it was, it was horrible. He said we just wanted him out of our club, yeah. you know, and it, and it, and it's um, we was kind of like you know with, with that podcast that we recorded when we took him on yeah we was obviously thinking about what we'd heard to you know especially yeah, recently yeah. you know with the, the i guess the man united uh job would have been the most recent one and it wasn't just you know I'd, obviously i'd had a chat with with a, with a work colleague of mine but it was all in the press i mean like you yeah, know luke shaw paul pogba you know harry was singing that players i mean that's the thing like i, I don't know about you but when when he got sacked one of my first thoughts was, "Oh my God, Delhi's going to be able to play now." Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, you know and it's, and it's, yeah. it's it's almost it's almost like we all we all love Delhi. We all we know he's, it's not like a it's, it's not like it's a sentimental thing. It's like he's thirty six, and we're like kind of <laughs> oh, you know, we've loved him Holding for years. Give him a go. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a guy that's in his prime who yeah. scores bucket loads of goals for us and just raises the the, the tempo and. You know, raises yeah. the expectation when he's on the pitch, yeah. and now and now Mourinho's gone. We're thinking, oh, Delhi can come back, yeah. and and it's ridiculous that you got to think like that. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely weird. weird and, and, and you know, we, we was always speculating uh, as to why he wasn't wasn't picking Delhi, yeah. but I, I genuinely think now, and again, it's still it's still speculation. But for me, it's just an ego thing with with Mourinho. It's it's his yeah. ego that was stopping him in the end. It's like I don't want to play him, so I'm not going to play him. You know, and... I think I think the same can be said for Gareth Bale. Um, he, he seems he seems to scapegoat players. You know, we talked about how he never took responsibility, and often, like in post games, it would be, you know, his famous same manager, different players quote that came out a few weeks ago that I, you know, just made my stomach curl. He, he just wanted to throw the players under the bus constantly. And Tottenham were awful against Arsenal. We set up awfully. The whole team played awful. And Gareth Bale got hooked. And he never played him again. And yet, when Gareth Bale scored last night, the statistic from Opta was Gareth Bale has now contributed 11 goals in his last 11 Mm. appearances for Tottenham. The guy was banging form, if you remember. like Going into that Arsenal game, the guy was banging form. The whole team were crap. But he uses it to justify his preconceived opinion, which is, yeah, oh no, he's crap. I don't want him. I didn't want him. I didn't sign him, so I'm not playing him. Now, 
it does raise a whole load of stuff you know the things that are coming out and the thing is more and more is going to come out but the one thing that came out on the day pretty quickly was about how jose there were uh overheard raised voices if you like there, there was a there was a visual uh an oral disagreement that people around the club picked up on and it quickly leaked you know you can't have the sheer number of cleaners cooks yeah. everyone in in a place like hotspur way and have a shouting match without at least one of them texting yeah, sure. a mate you know <laughs> um what's interesting is the narrative around that and how quickly that that changed so Initially, so the news is broken, and the narrative initially was that Jose Mourinho refused to take the players out due to the European Super League, and you know Jose was standing up for football. Da, 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 da. That narrative was killed pretty quickly by the sheer amount of journalists who came out and went, "Nah, that's not why he was fired. That's you know that's not it." But then there was still this thing of the sheer amount of people and different sources that came out that there was definitely raised voices going on you know well something something was going on now of course that could be as simple as daniel sitting down with him going it's not working out is it we're gonna have to let you go and yeah sure. going, what the f-? <laughs> you know that <laughs> it could it could be as simple as that today uh as we record this it is just after 9 a.m on the 22nd of april there is a story that is now gathering traction that uh various journalists who all with good ties into players at the club are claiming that Jose Mourinho refused to leave and was having one-to-ones and basically laying down some home truths to members of the squad and was in the end, in essence, forcibly told to get the fuck out by Daniel Levy. And that is the raised voices, that is the argument that happened. So Mauricio Pochettino was told he had to go, he was heartbroken, wrote a heartfelt goodbye and left. Jose Mourinho got told he had to go, and he decided to lay into the players. Do you know? Do you know what a, a factor that I had I hadn't really thought of um, with Jose Mourinho, and it sort of yeah. you know we, you know he's he saying about him talking about how he's cha- like after the Man United job how he's changed. I wonder, and I know this is a very general yeah. observation, and it's not always the case, but people tend to get a bit more incredulous as they get older, don't they? And I wonder whether that's part sure. of it. Yeah. You know, like the the the, the thirty the thir- the Mourinho in his thirties yeah. that was winning titles for fun and his 40s maybe maybe his age has just affected him and he's become more incredulous and more kind of egotistical you know sure um yeah yeah well it's possible i mean the, the guy arrived in england as the special one and backed it up now i i always said about him it's like you know he's an arrogant ass but the problem is is when you back it up you can kind of yeah. get away with it do you know what i mean you, you can you can sit in a press conference and go i'm the best damn manager in the world mm. if your team are winning everything <laughs> yeah you can do that you you can do it when you have still got that level of arrogance and that level of i am the best when you're not doing it it's very difficult you know people are going to pick holes in it and it, Perhaps he needs that aura about him. Perhaps that's his kind of what fuels him. But, I mean, he's an intriguing character. I, I saw a couple of journalists say that um, the, his time at Tottenham was box office. Why? Would you describe that as box office? I mean, I don't know whether perhaps we're looking at it from different points of view, but I guess from their point of view, they're looking at it that every press conference, they had no yeah, idea from, what was going to be yeah. said, which made it interesting. Not from a success him, point of view, <laughs> obviously, but... 
Well, no. I mean, <laughs> one of the things I, I said jokingly, right? On that podcast, I said jokingly. You'd said, the thing with Jose is he's won trophies at every single club he's ever been at. Da, 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 da. He's got all these records. And I jokingly, and God, it hurts me. I jokingly said, <laughs> you know, it could be Tottenham break mm. Jose. Yeah. And we laughed, and we we kind of laughed, you know, Tottenham would be the one thing that absolutely, you know. Over the course of his tenure, a running joke on our Spurs chat, and me and you have probably talked about it here on the podcast as well, has been the records tumbling. You know, Jose's never lost three games at home in a row, now he has. Jose's never done it, now he has. Jose's never, now he has. And it's like the the final one was Jose's never been at a club without at least lifting one trophy. <laughs> one now he has. Uh, I, I mean, I just, I, I mean, it, it just pains me. I mean, only we could get, you know, happy jolly Jose, the toxic Jose, without yeah. the success bit in the middle mm, that everyone yeah. else got. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just. Um, one of the narratives that are being pushed by the by the Mourinho Easters as well is that it is all Tottenham's fault. Um, you know, Jose is amazing. So it's definitely the whole squad. It's definitely the whole structure of Tottenham. Um, there's no way Jose is a failure. Um, okay. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there, I think. Um, one of the things I'd say is no one with eyes could look at our squad and say it doesn't need some changes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> there's no one. But let's just recap the fact that Jose Mourinho inherited this squad and described it as the best squad he's ever inherited. He worked with the players for several months and repeated this by saying that, you know, he was going to win the league with this team. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? These are all things that Jose said. And and it just never happened. He got... There's this big thing as well about, oh, you know, he didn't want Gareth Bale. It's possible... That Daniel Levy, that was a project for Daniel Levy. So Jose was handed a potentially world-class player. A bit like Harry Redknapp knew nothing about Van der Vaart yeah, before we yeah. signed him. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, hey, Harry, i got a present for you. What was it? And that's genuinely what happened. And Harry Redknapp yeah, was like, that, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I'll have that. Didn't ask for it, but brilliant. Now, Jose did ask for a lot of other things. Now, the one position Jose didn't get strengthened and the player he wanted, and this is genuine and I know this, is central defence. Everything else he got, the central defender that they identified and they went after, um, Milan, I'm going to butcher this, Skriniar, I think is Inter Milan, they just couldn't agree a deal for that worked financially. They tried everything from... Wiping out the remainder of the Ericsson debt, which of course at that point Inter was yeah, saying, sure, "No, have yeah. him back," <laughs> which is just hilarious. Um, they, they tried everything to try and get a deal over the line, but they wouldn't budge on their price, and it, it just didn't happen. Now, now that's that's the reality of every football club in the world. So, if Jose was manager of Chelsea, Man City, or Real Madrid, or Barcelona back when they had money, of course, he probably could just say, "Well." Is they may be asking twenty million over his value, but I need him, and the club would probably find a way to pay it. When he joined Tottenham, he must have known, and he even said it himself. That's not the reality of joining a club that isn't 
in that elite tier. No matter how much we as fans would love, you know, Tottenham to be in that elite tier and with the stadium built, etc., we're all kind of like, mm. spend the money. Mm. We know our owners. You know, we do not have an owner who is going to just go, do you know what? Let's win something this season. Here you go, Dan. You'll spend an extra couple of hundred million. I, I, I got it. You know, it's, it's fine. It's cool. I'll just sell a yacht. It's all right. That's not him. That's not what he's going to do. Roman Abramovich might do it. Other owners, Sheik Mansur might do no, it. Yeah. Joe, no. And and no way Jose didn't know that going in. He's been around English football so much, he knows that. So to now for him to point to it, and he will, because the minute he's allowed back on an open mic, I didn't get the players I wanted, I didn't get this, I didn't get this... The big difference for me is when you've got a good coach, a good manager, someone who's a good tactician, someone who develops players, they get the best out of the players. And Richard Pochettino managed to get a, a tune out of a broken band, if you like, for a good couple of seasons and then screamed to everybody who would listen as loud as he possibly could in a professional way, this broken ass band mm. ain't going to be able to keep going. I need to get new, you know, new musicians in here and sharpish, and a couple of the old ones that are now smoking too much and drinking heavily mm, in the back need mm. to go. <laughs> and it didn't happen, and we went into a, a decline. Jose comes in and goes, "Wow, this band is awesome! This band are gonna rock!" And within eighteen months, he's like, "Ah, oh, it's the worst band yeah. I've ever had." Yeah, sure. <laughs> you, you see what I mean? I know it's a weird analogy, but it's. You you can you've got to develop you've got to work with what you've got and you like he's if you've got Toby Alderweireld who's unfortunately you know due to age he ain't going to be as quick as he was aging injuries you've got Eric Dyer who isn't going to be the naturally fastest you've got Sanchez who is quick but unfortunately seems to have absolute brain farts when it comes to decision making in some games Aurier the same rapid but just seems to absolutely lose his mind for no apparent reason. Aurier going to Aurier. You have to develop a system and a structure that hides their weaknesses because that's the players you've got. And I just don't think he has the capacity to do that. I think as a manager, Jose Mourinho is used to going, hmm, he's not perfect for what I want. Buy a yeah, new one. Absolutely. And and there are, there, I mean, another. I, I, see, Mourinho's, I, I don't know if it's he's been exposed now. Now he's been, he's been at a club that haven't been able to throw hundreds of millions. Yeah. But you you think of like a manager like Pep Guardiola, for example. Like Pep Guardiola's won trophies, like yeah. you know, every single year. But he's always been at clubs that have got the most amount of money in those leagues, and that's why you you would you'd want to see yeah. like Agreed. Pep Guardiola manager team like, uh, yeah. Well, I guess like yeah, like Tottenham. Yeah, Tot- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or Arsenal. Yeah. Like, like one of those yeah. kind of teams that have got the potential but haven't yeah. quite made it. You know, so maybe he's been exposed, Mourinho. Now you know yeah. that he's yeah. that. Look, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that any like anybody, but like for example, like uh, off the top of my head, like Gareth Southgate, I really like Gareth Southgate. Yeah. He's not really, he's he's doing all right with England. He, he didn't do particularly well when he was club manager. But I think if you'd no. put Gareth Southgate in the um, uh, the Real Madrid team that Mourinho had, or the Chelsea team that uh, Mourinho had, he probably have a few trophies under his belt. You know, I yeah, I, I don't I, I I think with Mourinho, he's always had charisma. Like he is very, yeah. very. It goes without saying, he's very, very egotistical and very charismatic. Mm. But yeah. maybe this is just maybe this has exposed him. 
Yeah, no, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think he got partially exposed to Man United because Man United, of course, are operating at that kind of financial level. But Ed Woodward was kind of like, do you remember he, he wanted Eric Dyer for forty million quid and he wanted Toby Alderweireld? Imagine forty million, I'd snap his hand off for forty million. Jeez, mate, don't, don't. I, I still, I still cry. We rejected that, <sighs> but anyway. But he wanted those players from us. And remember, he was in the press conferences going, oh, you know, it's not like the old days where we could just take Tottenham's best players. Da, da, da. And we as Tottenham fans were like, dude, shut the... F- yeah. you know, how are you on about And Ed Woodward like, just basically said to him, no, we, we can't get them. That's, they want too much money for them. You know, I'm not spending $100 million on Eric Dyer and Toby Alderweireld. Not when Toby's contract's got a release clause in, like, a, a, a season. Mm. And then... Jose had a strop, and when he left them, his whole demeanor was: I asked for these players and didn't get them. You know, I, I didn't get the players I wanted. I wanted a central defender, and I didn't get them. And don't go me wrong; it could have made a difference to him. It really could. But that's the thing: at Man United, for the first time, he ran into the situation of "I want that one," and they went, "No, <laughs> you've got to develop what you got. Yeah. You know, you've got to actually coach. Mm. You have to develop and create a system." and he is so egotistical. I genuinely believe he went to Daniel Levy and probably went, I need this, this, and this. Daniel Levy went, sorry, there's not the money to do it. You're going to need to get the best out of Delhi. You're going to need to get the best out of it. And he just stuck him on the bench like, no, yeah. I'm not even going to bring him on. Yeah. Um, no, no. You're going to see how crap this team is about you giving me the players I want. You, you can and imagine we'll... him doing that, can't you, Sam? You really can. And I, and that's the thing. I mean, it's like one of those things. It's, this is completely subjective. This is us just from the outside looking in. You know, you're never going to know unless you're flying the wall. But it just it just feels right. When you, when you look at what happened, you try and find logical, sensible reasons for him doing the things he does. And having watched this guy's career in England for so long, you just got to believe it. I mean, even Eden Hazard at Chelsea got singled out and destroyed by him. Eden Hazard at Chelsea in the Premier League was probably one of the best players I've ever seen in the Premier League, genuinely. I hate the fact he was pure Chelsea and loves Chelsea, but I watched that guy play and I just feel like, wow. On a weekly basis, just blown away by him. Yep. Jose ripped him apart. Mm. Do you remember that? And then Jose mm. got sacked. Basically, Roman Abramovich came in the second time he sacked him and was like, you know, you, you can't bench Eden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it ain't, it ain't happening. No, no, no. I'm not having that on my watch. You're gone. Hazard then probably had his best ever season and got his move to Real Madrid. Just, I, I can't get my head around the, the ego of what he does. And just going back to him being sacked and the feeling. The saddest thing, or probably the, the best thing, or the easiest way to describe it, was relief. Like, we are days away from a cup final. A manager being sacked in that, you know, in that point before a cup final. Any other time in my life, I'd probably be thinking, what the f*** are they doing? Oh my God, what are you thinking? This is a disaster. Honestly, mate, they could have fired him the morning of the cup final and I'd still be feeling relieved. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it, on paper, so if you've like, I don't know, if you just land in this country and you've, you know, you don't know anything about football and someone's trying to tell yeah. you what's happened and they're like, so you've just sacked a manager who's won like, what is it, 18 out of 20 finals he's, he's managed... Uh, a week before you're in a final what the hell yeah. like on yeah. paper that sounds utterly ridiculous and insane but yeah. in the context of how he's just 
slowly rotting the club. It yeah. makes perfect sense. It, it It's interesting. There's also this... Um, I don't know if you've heard it yesterday, this apparent leaked thing of Jamie Redknapp talking about it. Have you heard this? No. Right, I'll send it to you when we're done. Uh, anyone who's interested, let me know. But basically, there's this WhatsApp thing, this leaked, which is apparently Jamie Redknapp explaining to people why Jose was sacked when he was. And his opinion is that his monetary was based on league place. So, and, and I do know this, his contract was basically the same basic salary as Mauricio Pochettino, but he had pretty hefty bonuses built in if he finished in the Europa League, if he finished in the Champions League spots. So because we're sat currently outside of all of that, it is the lowest amount he could get in compensation if we fired him now. Right, yeah. They're, 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 it, I mean, that does sound like logical, doesn't it? it, it well, it sounds like Daniel Levy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I, what I would say is... Jamie Redknapp would have no way of knowing that. You know, that, that's Jamie Redknapp is not exactly best mates with Jose Mourinho. Jose's going to sit down with his contract with him and go, look what I get. Yeah. And Daniel Levy sure as shit ain't going to be doing that. So this is Jamie's opinion. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, but because it's a, a pundit and one that everybody knows, everyone's sharing it as gospel. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I do also think that Jamie Redknapp, I mean, Jamie Redknapp describes the board at Tottenham as clowns. Um which you know we'll we'll come on to, <laughs> but but um yeah so I mean that's it I mean the, the final word on Jose really is that the guy's gone yeah. um I'm I'm uh, we had our first game without him last night against Southampton um yeah uh, so let's just so the interim manager for the rest of the season is going to be Ryan Mason now uh, Ryan Mason is uh, up and coming coach um a former player we all know the story with Ryan Mason. Um, he's Tottenham. He, he is someone who literally bleeds the club and loves the club. He, I think he's 29 years old, and for 20 of those years, he has been at the club. Um, I, lo- I love the guy, personally. Uh, I have the wonderful, wonderful fact that I've met him once when he was playing for the academy, and he talked to a group of people who stood out in the pissing down rain at Stevenage at that point. And just chatted for ages before we had to go, um, just to like to thank people for supporting the under twenty threes or under twenty ones, I think it was at the time. Mm. Um, so from that point onwards, it was kind of like, oh, I like this kid. You know, he went out on loan to Swindon, all these different clubs. Uh, came back, Mauricio put him in the team. He, he memory scored that goal against Nottingham Forest, like when he came off the bench in like the League Cup or something. Um, absolute fairy tale situation. He is interim manager. Uh, the club are off and are trying to have discussions with a few targets at the moment. Um, and the intention for all parties is... Because I think Ryan himself is in a position of... I, I'm still doing my badges, you know. I'm still learning how to be a coach. Mm. <laughs> Please, you know, don't do a Tim Sherwood here and go, hey, you won a game, have a contract. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let, let, let's hope that, you know, all parties are a little bit more sensible. Um, and, and I think based on everything I've read and everything I've seen and everything I know about Ryan, he's going to look at this. It's just an opportunity for him to try and... I mean, his words, I mean, I think his first press conference was, you know, I've got a great connection with the fans and right now the the team in the club doesn't. So I'm going to do everything I can to try and unite that. I mean, he also said, you know, Mauricio Pochettino was 
straight away with advice and tips and you know talking to him i mean i <laughs> i mean you just gotta I love that really um yeah i mean for, but for ryan mason then as the interim manager how do you feel yeah um i, th- I think it's it's perfect it, it's uh as, as an interim purely as an interim yeah, you, like exactly you, like yeah. you say it's, it's absolutely perfect <coughs> because um Mourinho has completely and utterly disconnected us from the from the from the club from the squad Massively, just like you yeah. said how you felt disconnected uh i think it was under avb wasn't it you yeah, just felt completely yeah. and, and that's how we feel and it and it probably the the, the game last night probably summed that up perfectly as well and I would say as well um, Seb spotted a quite a funny coincidence uh, with last night's game yeah in that uh, the first the first game that Ryan Mason managed last night was at home against Southampton yeah and the first game at the new stadium was us playing Southampton and Ryan yeah, Mason was in charge things. of that game as well yeah, yeah it's quite yeah. a good coincidence but I um, yeah that game summed it up for me because the first half was Mourinho Spurs all over? Yeah, no energy. Just um, pathetic. Yeah. Completely lost. No direction. Looked like the whole team had either their agent had told them they got a new club to go to, or yep. already sat on a beach. Just that that first half was everything that was wrong with Tottenham Hotspur and everything. It, it was gut wrenching to see. I, I think I kind of went into the game thinking. We're going to get that bounce. The whole team's going to be a bit lifted. So seeing just how flat it was in the first half was really, really disappointing. Yeah, completely. So so I I, I think I put it on the message thing. I just switched off. I thought, oh, fuck yeah. this. Can't be bothered with this anymore. It's just how I've been feeling for the last few weeks, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, I went, yeah. For, went for a little run, come back. Uh, just thought I'd look at the notifications and I, it was at the point where Bow had scored yeah. and um, Son's goal had been called uh, oh, off yeah. Man so, was I gutted about yeah, that. Yeah, so goal. I, I switched Great it back goal. on. I switched it back on uh, yeah. and watched the last sort of 15, 20 minutes. Of how, how pleased were you just to see the team trying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I, yeah. I, I only watched that last 15 minutes yeah, but no, it was but completely it, and utterly different. My, Every Tottenham chat I had, the same theme across everything. And I, I'm in a chat with a small group of like journalists, stuff that I've said before. I'm in a chat with just mates that are Tottenham fans, you know, like our chat, all sorts. And all of them were just like, oh, just, did you just see so-and-so run after that? Did you see so-and-so recover the ball? Did you see so-and-so try and get forward then? It was like, oh, wow, I've missed, I've missed seeing the team try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, it was in the second half. Yeah now, yeah. now this this is like become a thing that I I on a regular basis step in Stefan me and him often message each other during games and with Jose in charge we literally would often say what does he say to them at half time what in the hell must happen at half time during these games that when we come out because there's so many games we've gone in leading we've gone in playing well and in the second half, we've come out like, ah, oh, no, we're afraid of the ball. Just awful. Don't, yeah. Oh, no, this is terrible. And this game, and and just to sum it up, that is the first time this season we've been losing at half time and we've come back and recovered any points at all. Not even come back and drawn before in this. And let's take it 32 season, games. Yeah, this season, losing at half time, we've lost the game. Wow. Yeah. And we all know how many times we've been winning at halftime and gone on to mm-hmm. lose or draw the game. So just to see that, I mean, what a boost that must be for that squad, though. 
for belief and just kind of like, oh, right, yeah, I remember this. This is football. Yeah, yeah. we kick it that way. You know, it just, it's so ridiculous. But whatever, I mean, Gareth Bale is far smarter and media savvy than people want to give him credit for. And after the game, I think everyone should take note of the fact that he decided off his own back without really being questioned on this to point out that the halftime team talk was good. He said that kind of without any prompting. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and that the team felt, you know, the team are a big team with a lot of very good attacking players and it was nice to be allowed to attack. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah I, I noticed that. Yeah, and, and it's and, yeah, he ain't daft. <laughs> but, you, but you know, but you know what though? It it it, it sounds utterly ridiculous that really he's saying that he's it. so nice that after being one nil down at half time, we were allowed to have the freedom to attack. I mean, it, yeah. it sounds utterly ridiculous, doesn't it? It does. It, but, it's but that's it's, it's how many times have we looked at this and gone? I genuinely feel like I could do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely feel I could go in at halftime and set this team up to do a better job than what is happening because this is mind-blowing. Um, it was also one of the first games we've uh, held the ball more than the opposition, um, which I know stats are stats, but just, just when you think about that, we held on to the ball. <laughs> it's like what it's why, just insane why, isn't it why, why is that so important well we won the game <laughs> you know I remember earlier in the season we smashed somebody or we beat somebody like 3-1 and our possession stats were, were appalling and against Man City we won the game 2-0 and our possession stats were appalling and Jose pointed out you know yeah they can keep all the possession they want I'll take the three points and I think on the podcast we both went well you know he's right you know yeah. if you win the game mm. But the, but the thing is, is like sometimes in a game that's going to happen. Like if you if you go in, like if Tottenham went to the Bernabeu, right, and we just went there and went right, they're a bloody good team. We're at their ground. It's a big European night. This is smash and grab football. You know, this is European night. Me and you used to watch the Champions League on ITV, and that was that was big European nights, wasn't it? Like mm. oh, smash and grab football. You you go to these places and you just try and come away with like you know, a draw so you can take him back to your ground or, you know, try and grab a win. I remember us beating AC Milan at the San Siro, Peter Crouch's goal, and that was like the ultimate smashing grab bit yeah, of football. Yeah, yeah. Loved all of that. That has got its place in football, 100%. Playing that way, 100% valid and has its place. Wouldn't Man City are so dominant, us playing that way against them, beating them 2-0, 100%. That has its place doing that. But every week? Yeah. Yeah. Against everybody? Against weaker opposition. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, the the other thing that's sort of come out is... And, and it doesn't take a genius to know who leaked this quickly, by the way. But um, sources close to several players, um, not mentioning any names, but the source just happened to be at a gaming convention, <coughs> Delhi, <coughs> Delhi, <coughs> Delhi, Delhi, <coughs> um, said that the focus in training was constantly on the opposition and stopping them, no matter who the opposition was, and never on how we were going to play. When you think about how we've played for so long, I can believe that. 
Mm. No, no matter who we're playing, so like no matter who we were setting up against, it was like right, you know, we're playing West Brom this week. You know, they've not scored a goal in ten games. Their defense concedes five every game, so we're going to focus on the fact their centre forward six foot four. You need to mark him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. you know, you can just imagine players like Delhi and Bale and everyone like almost putting their hands up. Um. Can you just give us the ball? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sure. Know? Yeah. Just, just, just let us have it. Just let us have the ball. We'll, we'll score goals. Just, just give us the ball. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Toby ping forty-yard balls up the Harry. No, 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 no. Just keep the ball. <laughs> we'll, you know, their defense is crap. If we keep the ball long enough, we will score. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's uh, but you know, it's funny as well. Like, and I know we alluded to this a few weeks ago, but. With Spurs at the moment, or under Mourinho, yeah. when the when the ball got to uh, past the halfway line in the opposition's yeah. half, we just looked devoid of ideas. It's yeah. like, what do we do now? Yeah. Well, literally, I think the tactic was give it to Harry and let him do something special. Uh. I mean, that's how it felt. It genuinely felt. I mean, and I said this about AVB, and I stand by it. AVB with Gareth Bale in the form he was in, literally, the team tactic at that point was give it to Gareth. Yeah. Because when Gareth went there or anything, it just fell apart. And it's also worth pointing out that Ryan Mason won his first game in charge without Harry Kane last night. And I also want to point out that Harry Kane loves this club. And the reason why I know he loves this club is because when that second goal went in from the penalty spot, he jumped up like a lunatic. He was a fan. Sitting there, wasn't like he? every yeah, like every single fan. So whether he leaves, whether all of that, shove it to one side. That guy loves this club. And if he is, if he does end up leaving, then we need to ask questions of the people that have got us to the point that he has to leave. Because no player, no matter how much money he's on, how much of a superstar or anything like that, reacts that way if they don't love where they are. Mm. They just don't. And he lo- he loves Ryan Mason like a brother. And he put a tweet out straight away, just like, you know, we're 100% behind him. We're going to do everything we can, you know, for for these remaining games. Regardless of his relationship with Jose, regardless of anything else, he absolutely loves this club. So I, I'm not, you know, I don't have any doubts of that in my mind at all. And just seeing that last night was a little, a little bit of joy for me. A little bit of kind of, oh yeah, whew, if he just sat there looking bored, I, I'd have been worried. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's time to to take the show across to the to the fans now of the Facebook page and Instagram, etc. Because I dare say. There's one or two people there that have got some stuff they want to they want to hear us talk about. Uh, so if you're ready, my friend, we'll see what people have got to say. Let's go, Sam. Now it's time for your comments. See, with Jose in charge, I kind of could predict what these questions were going to be every single week, but I'm not entirely sure now. <laughs> um, we're going to start with Instagram because the funny names always give us a giggle. And we kick off with Rock Me Amadeus. I mean, that's just great. Awesome. Uh, in the Amazon documentary, Daniel Levy said this decision would be on him. Do you believe he will step down? I don't personally see him appointing a football director. No, he's not going to step down, is he? No, no, I. He's a hard-faced bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a whole other topic we'll come on to of whether he should or not. But uh, no, I, it is a valid point though. In that Amazon documentary, he really does say and caught on camera, and he's probably regretting it to hell now. <clears throat> you know, he got rid of Mauricio. He pointed Jose. You know, this decision, you know, is on me. Yes, yes, it is. Mm. <laughs> no, no one's gonna forget that. 
Uh, Rock Amadeus, you've got a second part of your question as well. I've not missed it, but we're going to come on to that, so I'm going to skip over it for now. Um, the rest of Instagram, here we go. Uh, the Johnny Stark says, With Jose, the special one, now gone, do you have at least one favourite memory of his time at Spurs? That's a nice question. Um, I have one. Go on. What about you? Um... What something he said or a, a no, match that he? Well, well, I'll tell you, my my favorite memory is beating Man United six one. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, you you're right. That's it's it's one of those games like it's probably never we're never going to meet beat Man United six one ever again at Old no, Trafford. At Old Trafford, no. It's just it's <laughs> no. just one of those. Like, yeah. It's even now it's hard for it to sink in that we beat Man United six one at Old Trafford, yep. but it did. Yep. We did. You know, so yeah, I enjoy saying I enjoy saying we beat Man United six one at Old Trafford. Do you enjoy saying we beat Man United six one at Old Trafford? I could say we beat Man United six one at Old Trafford a thousand times. It would not, yeah. not get bored of it. No, Man United won Tottenham Hotspur six at Old Trafford. I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that that's uh, with Jose as our manager. That's without a doubt my standout kind of. That was. That was a pure joy day. Yeah, <laughs> you know that was and there wasn't many was special. <laughs> no, but that that day, yeah, that that was kind of it peaked. <laughs> <laughs> if if I'd known that day where it was going to go from there, I wouldn't have believed it. No. You know? no. Um, the next one is from Matt Fowler uh, underscore sixteen. Well, that was a week. Um, how big of a message do you think has been sent out to the owners of all these clubs and the fans that not to be messed with? Um. It's a valid thing, Matt. Um, we're going to talk about all of that in a moment, so I'll sort of cover it and then. But um, I think I think fan groups etc. have played their part, but I also think the media perhaps are overplaying the fact that they've done this because of the fans. Um, you got to remember that also the government, royalty, and heads of countries were basically saying, "If you do this, you're dead." Um, so yes, I think fans played a part, but the threat of you know having a government backed loan being withdrawn might have also played a part <laughs> um darren ward.3 says let's be honest nagelsman is probably going to buy it. now listen darren let's not be honest <laughs> i refuse to believe that we don't need honesty right now do we? no no we need unbridled um yeah just hope enthusiasm and, and hope please <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he he's basically saying if that is the case, then who would you like? Um, Darren says, well, Eddie Howe is a young and promising coach. I'm not sure he's the right caliber. Maybe we should look at Joe Chim Lowe, who is going to be leaving the Germany job after the Euros. Um, the one thing I'd say about Joe Chim Lowe is he's been very good internationally, and he did do well at club level before. But I remember us appointing Jacques Santini. Oh God, yeah, I remember that one. That didn't go too well, did it? No. <laughs> And and because of that alone, I'd be very fearful of taking an international manager back to club football. Um, I mean, don't go wrong. We did end up with good old Martin Yole off the back of that. But no, no, no. I don't think I could go through. I could go through Jacques Santini style again. Um, <laughs> uh, Eddie Howe mentioned. No. I, 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 my my thing with Eddie Howe is, I I do genuinely believe at Bournemouth he was punching well above his weight, but he did ultimately lose that job at Bournemouth when they were relegated do Tottenham who want to be pushing the Champions League appoint that manager I, I don't know I, I, I think whoever you appoint next sends a message I think getting rid of your, getting rid of Mauricio Pochettino hiring Jose Mourinho regardless of all of our fears about it the guy's CV meant that every member of that squad all of us as fans went oh, okay 
That's mm. quite a serious appointment. Yeah, sure. All right, stand up. I, I think as a club, if you go, yeah, right, so none of this is working, let's appoint Eddie Howe. Um, with the greatest respect to Eddie Howe, that doesn't send a message to the likes of Harry Kane that says, stick with us, mate, we're going to win stuff. You're right, you're right, yeah. I mean, as yeah. much as he he wouldn't, we wouldn't get him because he's quite settled. Yeah. Like a manager like a Ancelotti would be a good, yeah. Good signing, I think, but you know, obviously not him. But like that kind of manager that's got the, it's got the caliber and the kind of the, yeah. the back it, they can back it yeah. up with trophies. Like Mourinho, but not Mourinho, if you don't want. Yeah, but a Jose, but without all that baggage. Yeah, stuff that yeah. Comes with it. Um, I'm delighted to say the final question from Instagram is from the man in the mountains himself. It's Mountain Man. Oh, he's got his Wi-Fi back. That's good. He's a man. Mountain Man says, do you feel more confident going into Sunday's Cup Final now Jose is gone? Also, what do you think was the thinking behind firing this week rather than waiting until the end of the season? Well, we've kind of already covered that, but the the, the final, feeling more confident? Uh, Matt, what do you think? I, 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 how, what I alluded to earlier, that on paper... <clears throat> it's mental. It's mental, <laughs> but I actually feel more confident. Like, that, that, yeah. that, so if you if you say last night's game, the first half was Mourinho Spurs and the second half was Rio Mason Spurs, and if we yeah. have the second half Rio Mason Spurs for the whole final, I'd feel a lot more confident yeah. about winning it than the first yeah. half Mourinho Spurs. You know? Yeah, it's more than fair. I, I um, I, I'd say I don't know if I feel more confident because I, I don't know if I feel more confident. But what I will say is I feel better about maybe not even our chances but I just feel better that I know we're going to play football yeah like I know yeah. I know the players are going to go out with a determination to try and achieve this I, I believe that I, I believe that Ryan will instill in them this kind of no matter what's happened this season no matter what's going to happen in the summer no everything else you can all of you write your names in Tottenham Hotspur's history in one game yeah yeah you're right I, and whereas I believe Jose would have been, I've never not won a trophy at any club. You do this for me. Yep, 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 yep. And, and I, I, you know, I feel there's a difference there. You know, I feel like people in that dressing room would have heard that and gone, no, do you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. And I think with Ryan, I think a few of them might stand up. Their shoulders might be a bit, you know what I mean? Their chest be a bit broader just at the thought of, yeah, he's right. No matter what, you know, Hugo Lloris, my time at Tottenham, I could, you know, and don't get me wrong, the League Cup isn't the be-all and end-all. We all know that. But for us as a club, just to be able to just get that little monkey off our back would be huge. And everyone there knows it. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, I think I, I feel better about it. I don't know if I still feel more confident about winning the thing, but I, I definitely feel better. Like yeah. I'm going into the game looking forward to actually seeing the game. Now. Yeah, that, that's you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. feel like any more confident we're going to win. Yeah. I just feel like I'm going to enjoy possibly watching us play yeah. more. You know, and yeah. just 
that you've got to got the hope is as reason possibly you know yeah yes there yeah. you go the hope is back and it's the yeah. hope that kills you yeah of course yeah <laughs> and it would eventually kill us no oh, without a doubt yeah. uh, um the then on facebook we've had a message from ben teary ben says not sure if i'm too late to get something in for the podcast yeah you were go away no i'm joking <laughs> um he says in a week full of you know real shit, can we mention Harry jumping up, fist pumping, and shouting about Sonny burying that panel? Yes, we did, and we have, and yes, you're right, I enjoyed that as well. Um, going into the comments, then Adam Som asks, "Why the hell is Kane wearing a face mask in open air with no one around him?" I don't really know where to go with this, Adam. Um, <laughs> the rules are in the stadium; you you wear a face covering. Harry Kane's the England captain, and he's trying to set an example for everybody. Um, he's, a few people were sat around him. He's got a young family at home. I, I don't know. Take your pick. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, look, I, I don't know what this this uh, who is who's this coming from. Adam Som. Yeah, I think the thing is with Adam, I'm not gonna. I don't want to kind of. Um, uh, put words in, a, in his mouth or, or presume this is his opinion yeah. but there are a lot of people that are just this kind of I want my freedom you're taking away my freedom you know there's this growing yeah. kind of like it, it links in like people that are anti-vaxxers and things like that but the thing is like you've just said um, like Harry Kane is probably one of the most famous people in the country, if not the the, the world, I guess. Like you know, yeah. well, especially in Europe. Like, so he's setting an example, and and on a far far ridiculously smaller scale. Personally, yeah. for me, I work on the railway. I work yeah. in the open air, but I can't, I always wear a mask because I'm setting an example. So when people come into the st- train station, they yeah. can see that member of staff is wearing a mask. Yeah, and and, and look. It's, it's scientifically proven that if you're wearing a mask and the other person's wearing a mask, it drastically reduces the risk of COVID spreading, which is what we all want, you know? Oh, so time, let's yeah. forget about our freedoms being taken away and let's just concentrate on getting this freaking virus out of, out of, out of, all, yeah. out of just away so we can yeah. just all get back to normality, you know? Exactly. So, so it's my rent, back, maybe. So we, so we can all get back in that damn ground. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really get what that question was about, to be honest. But uh, Joe mm. Agerskow, who normally asks the most random of stuff, says, so would you rather the special one or Ryan Mason manage this cup final? I think we've answered that, Joe. Definitely Ryan. Um, there, there was a there was a point in my brain which was always like, in a one-off game, Jose is probably the best manager in the world for just setting up a team, and that kept coming back and it kept nagging at me and it kept nagging at me, but the reality is I don't think that squad or a high number of that squad liked the guy, and for me it had become so toxic and everything around Tottenham. We were about to play in a cup final, and I was genuinely considering not even watching. It. Me too. And that, and that for me is a really, really difficult thing. That's like when I watch every game, including preseason friendlies, to get to a cup final and be at the point where I'm like, "Nah, you're all right. Mm. No, I, I don't think I can." I mean, it was ridiculous. So for me, Ryan Mason, Ryan Mason, Ryan Mason. I am so much more happy and excited to watch this game now mm, me too and all, and also a mean more for me if if we do lift that trophy it would have been for jose's ego if we lift it now i get to see a guy who have you know 20 years of his 29 on the planet be dedicated to this club be a part of that history and that means more to me it, it's um 
you know, look, what's going to happen on Sunday? Like, you know, I don't know. It's Man City, yeah. a good squad. But if if he wins it, like, it's almost like a fairy tale, isn't it? This is a guy that yeah. was 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 a Spurs sport as a kid, grew, yeah. grew up yeah. Spurs, Spurs, played for Spurs. Unfortunately, yeah. just wasn't at the level to continue yeah. playing for the first team, so moved on. Had a horrific yeah. injury that cut his career short. Yeah. Uh, he's now... Back. Yep, now back at the, the the team that he loves and he's just brought up. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fairy tale, isn't it? It's an utter it fairy is, tale. It, it is a fairy tale. And for that reason alone, Man City should just roll over and let us win. Completely. They don't need it, Why? mate. I know they they've, don't I'm, need it. They they, they've, need they're not in the FA Cup anymore, but Jesus Christ, no, like, you know, give yeah. them the Premier League and the Champions League this yeah, season. I'm sure they'd be yeah. happy with that, you know? Exactly. And and that, that that's the trade, all right? That's the deal. Come on, come on, Pep. Your team talk this week should be, let Ryan have this one. Yeah. yeah. Just make yeah. it look like you're trying, but don't really try. Don't really try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. All of our fans will forgive us. They don't care. They're 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 going to be protesting anyway. They'll, they'll get over <laughs> it. They'll get over it quicker yeah. than we'll get over we'll, it. Put we'll, it that when way. We, when we win the league and the Champions League, they'll be fine. Yeah. Mm. Just just let let Tottenham have this league cup. They, they, yes. Look at them. They need it. Look at them. <laughs> please. <laughs> look, please. Yeah. Look look at look at the 2000 Tottenham fans in the stadium currently praying. <laughs> look yeah. at you know, it yeah. means more. Um, so yeah, so fingers crossed Pep heeds our words, because obviously he's a big listener of the oh, show. Oh, completely. Um, Marty Oss says, how can Levy possibly carry on? Um, but who in their right mind would buy us right now? Uh, well, that's a valid point, no one in our right mind will, will buy us. How can Levy feasibly carry on? I mean, we're going to cover that in the next topic, but... Yes, a valid question. Uh, Matt Hope says, I've always been someone to see the bigger picture with Enoch as I appreciate they are making progress. For me, now I just can't see how they can continue after and gone behind everyone's backs of fans to create this, you know, basically Matt saying the same thing. <laughs> you know, how yeah. can Daniel carry on? Um, uh, Mark Ivy says, I'm now ready to lose 6-5 rather than 2-1 in the 86th minute in the final. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Mark? Yeah, I'm on board with that. Fuck it. I just if we're gonna lose the game, at least try, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um Liam Higgy says, I'm sneaking a second oh, he's sneaking a second question in. What was your first one? Oh, here we go. Test your skills and make a decent argument on why Jose should have stayed. Ooh. God, that is testing your skills, isn't it? Ooh. I mean um, a decent argument for Jose remaining. Oh I, hell. Um, I, 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 look, I I'm over the moon is gone and, and I, yeah. I can't without needing to stretch and go through some mental gymnastics work out a way how, how we, we could have wanted him to stay I think the only the only the only thing that the only case I could make I guess for him uh, staying was yeah. possibly Levy just waking up one morning and going do you know what let's start spending hundreds of millions yeah. and um, spending those hundreds of millions because then if he did then then Mourinho would be uh, probably, in his in his comfort yeah, zone. Yeah. Probably would win a few trophies. Yeah. Piss yeah, yeah, piss yeah. piss um, players off, alienate yeah. players like he does. But and just replace them because he's got the money to just replace them. He's like it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to try. I, I, I'm with Matt. What Matt said. <laughs> what Matt um. Said, he, I'm sneaking a second one in after last week's Man United envelope prediction. If you see this before tonight's game, oh, sorry, mate. I didn't. Um. Uh, I wouldn't have predicted that result. <laughs> so, do you know? Do you know I, what we should do this as we as we record in for the for the final. We should do an yeah. envelope prediction for final. For the final, okay. Um, I think we're gonna win the final two one. Do you really? 
Yeah. I I don't ask me why. I just got this weird feeling of some sort of stars aligning and it's probably just blind stupid optimism and love for Ryan Mason. But I just got this weird ass feeling that it's going to be like that Chelsea final all over again. Where let's face it, they were a much better team than us. But we managed to play above ourselves in that game. And we won the game 2-1. So I'm going to go for a repeat of that and say we're going to win it 2-1. How do you think it's going to go though, Sam? I think that it's going to start with us poorly. (laughs) I think it's going to follow a pattern of... Um, Man City being good on the ball, I do. I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna go one nil up, possibly against the run of play. I think it's gonna be one all, and I think we're gonna snatch a win. So there you go. Was that similar to how we beat Chelsea in the two thousand eight? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going for a, a replay of the fairy tale. All right. <laughs> I think he's gonna bring Woodgate off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> or Ledley King, suddenly we're going to find out he's been registered to play all season. He's going to come off the bench and head the winner. No, I, just, I, I don't know why. I, I just and it, and it is just stupid optimism and blind love for Ryan Mason. And I think it's just because I want it so much. Uh, you know, we yeah. went into the Champions League final against Liverpool, and I went into that game with this kind of ninety-nine point nine nine percent certainty we wouldn't win. But there is that point. Point one, you know, of just what if, what if we could, what if we could, and we go into this game, and again, I'm, I'm pretty much confident we're not going to win. I'm pretty much sure, you know, we're, we're not at a Man City's level anymore, which is hard, but it is what it is. But there's just, uh, there's just this little part of me, this what if, what if, and if it is a what if, we'd snatch it, and so I've gone two one. I've gone for a repeat of the Chelsea final. Okay. Why are you? Again, this is going to be, it's more in hope than expectation. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. But I fancy a 2 1 as well. But in a, in a, and the reason why I asked why you, why, how you thought it was going yeah. to go is because I feel like it's going to go a little differently. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to go 2 0 up. I think we're, uh, Sonny's going to score fairly early. Yeah. And then Sonny's going to score again. Uh, middle of the first half and then second half we're going to get battered we're going to get battered for dear life we'll concede <laughs> we'll concede about the 75th minute and we're going to hold on to win it oh, oh mate I'll die I think I think I wouldn't survive that uh, yeah yeah I mean that that sounds very Tottenham <laughs> yeah 2-0 up cruising Man City have not been at the races today oh no wait yeah <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, that sounds very Tottenham. So there we go. That's our rather painful prediction. Now, for everybody listening, by the way, and you're fans of the podcast, um, I've got to say, we are going to do a special. Um, it's not every season we get to finals. <laughs> so the League Cup final, there is going to be a special podcast available on Sunday morning. So part of your pre-match ritual, part of your routine, getting ready for the big game, you can throw our show on and, and have a listen. Um, we're going to be recording it on the Saturday, the day before, and it's going to be a bit of a special one. Um, the original concept for this is Step in Stefan would join us, and it'd be a, a, the three of us, you know, because it's a special, and we often do that when it's a special. But Dan, the man from the admins from the Facebook page, also went, Hey, why can't I play? Why, why aren't I allowed to play? And also Laura from Instagram. There's going to be five of us on the show. How I'm going to do this, I don't know. It's I, going to be organised <laughs> chaos, but 
we're going to be the five of us. You all get to hear Laura's voice. I know a lot of you've been looking for her OnlyFans account, so maybe, <laughs> maybe I can get her to promote it on the show. <laughs> so, Sam, this is this is when your managerial um, oh, expertise be comes into play, <laughs> because this is what this is what I think you need to do. And I've I've yeah. kind of guested on podcasts before that have got numerous people on. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm, I know I'm, te- I'm I'm possibly telling you how to suck eggs when I say this, yeah. but. I found the worst thing you can do is throw a question out (laughs) because it's going to be pointed. So the whole time you're all going to get sick of hearing me going, what do you think about that, Matt? But that's what you you need to do. That's what what you you need to do, Stefan. Laura, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's going to be how it's going to go. But there's going to be all five of us. So basically the whole Spurs news team family, if you like with Stefan, uh, thanks to his agent agreeing the deal um we're all going to be there so yeah that's that's the that's the thing and and i'm I'm not gonna lie i've arranged a surprise do you want to hear about the surprise i'm going to tell you the surprise go on mate put out of misery because i'm a lovely kind wonderful person and because it just makes me laugh you dan laura and stefan all have your own intros when I oh, introduce wow. you okay. in, the, in the special. Okay. And I can tell you, it's going to be funny. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so that's that. So yeah, if you are a listener of the show, um, hopefully that's going to be something you can put into your pre-match routine for the Sunday. It should be funny. We're going to do our best to make it funny. And it's going to be purely about the League Cup final. So everything else that's gone on is this show right now. Sunday's show is just, we're going to try and win. Come on. That's, See, do, that's do, it. Do you know what as well? Uh, I know I've probably mentioned this before, but um, I know we, we obviously we're not normally in finals, so it's not something we, you know, we have to kind of go back sometimes to yeah, think about. <laughs> but I, I remember, and I know, I know I know I've mentioned this before, but in the um, the '91 Cup final, yeah. So I, I would have been 12 at the time, yep. and I can just remember. So this is this is see the younger listeners, it'll just be like. Yeah, this sounds weird, but we, we didn't have many channels back in them days, boys and no, girls. No, you know, no. so we we had I think three or four channels. So yeah. the whole day before the FA Cup final, either BBC like so BBC One and ITV used to have like kids like a, a Saturday morning kids yeah, yeah. thing that was all about the FA Cup final. Yeah. And all the all the TV programs that day were Everything, about the cup final, yeah, like uh, watching old finals and yeah. talking to old players and. Yeah, it, it was it was an event. It was like a World Cup final, and England being in it, you can imagine what that might be like. Yeah, completely. So let's have a yeah. so our podcast is going to be a nice long podcast. Gonna, yeah, it's so this be part of the routine. So yeah. this is yeah, this is this is this is a sentimental. This, this gives me a nice sentimental feeling doing this this uh, uh, final podcast. Bringing it, it really back. Does. Yes, yeah, that's it. And I, I'm going to be wearing one of my older shirts as well you know i'm just about getting arm in it still so yeah that's good. it's, it's gonna be wearing three shirts <laughs> yeah this one i wore for the 91 final i was seven years old yeah, just might get my right arm in there there you go yeah no, where's like a might. tattoo sleeve like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's probably depressingly accurate yeah. um now uh the final questions then from this before we move on to the inevitable uh um 
you know, how are Spurs academies, the young lads, should be promoted rather than spending loads of money on transfers? Um, to be honest with you, there are four or five players there that if they were in, in moved into the first-team squad next season, could help, could provide energy. The key thing is, though, with this, is I do think with the squad, there are certain players there that need to go. And Daniel Levy needs to get it through his skull, who, whoever is in charge of the transfers needs to get it through their skull. Sometimes taking a hit on a transfer fee is better for the squad you know mm. you, you need to just clear them out because them being there is no good Danny Rose being around the place this whole time it is ridiculous that that's happened absolutely ridiculous that that has happened this is not a personal attack on Danny Rose uh, I've got nothing in, they've got no dogs in that hunt at all but what I'm going to say is that when Danny Rose made the decision that he, he was done with Tottenham and football didn't want to do it the fact that they paid him every week and he's kept coming in training with the under twenty three and stuff, regardless of how professional he is, that's not something that should be happening. Right. You know, they took his squad number off him and everything. It's just atmosphere. There are players that, you know, happened with Juan Yam on his knee injury, you know, like he could have gone to Belgium and the club scuppered it at the last minute. Loads of things. Just get these players that don't want to be there or are not wanted there anymore. Just get them gone. Yeah, and just, and just get get and fresh think, faces, get yeah, get things lifted again. I completely agree, and 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 I and I, and I feel a little bit sorry. Look, I, I do feel sorry for him. Like you know, and and look, if a football player starts their their professional career, say like the, yeah. like Harry Kane, for example, he broke into the the first team at what was he twenty one? Wasn't he twenty two? Yeah, yeah, twenty one. Right. Yeah. And then they normally retire at thirty three. So that's yeah. eleven years. Yeah, eleven years at, at the top. Yeah. And he's missed one of them, you know. And yeah. like, I, I don't know. Part of it is I know, obviously, in the Amazon documentary that he was he was looking for massive clubs, and they was offering him like oh, smaller dear. clubs. Yeah. But possibly, I mean, there's been no news about Milan yet, by the way. Yeah, I, I keep but checking did, for him. <laughs> but if I was Danny Rose, I would have just taken one of the Premier League teams, you know. The just thing, is the he... thing with Danny, and I, and I and I I don't know this at all, but I just I I feel like. Through all the stuff he went through, I feel like he's he fell out of love with the game, and yeah. I I can understand. It's awful. I mean, and I can't imagine. I mean, he moved to Tottenham when he was seventeen. Literally, we've been his career. I know he started in the Leeds academy, but his career has been at Tottenham. And when he leaves, there's going to be a kind of, Meh, you know, his contract, and mm. it's like leaving with a whimper. It's like leaving mm. with. No regard, and and I I don't like that. I don't like the way that's happened. I, you know, he was one of the best fullback, and there's so much stuff that's happened on all sides. And like I I've written, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I've written a blog post for when Danny Rose does eventually leave the club, and it, I've end, it's ended up being like a frigging sermon. You know, I've written this thing like right from the heart as well because of my emotional attachment to him. I've covered everything his whole time with us from his, that debut goal to the Sun article to his talking about mental health to him coming back into the team under Pochettino. All of it, I've covered the lot. It's just like a kind of final goodbye, and it's it's kind of sat there in the drafts. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, just like one day, one day I'll post it. But yeah, it's it's a strange thing that. Um, mm. So, so the final question I've got here uh, is: Can Ryan do the impossible and put it off? Dreams were made of this. That's from Alvin James Fur. Um, yes, yes, yeah, of course he can. It's going to be a fairy tale. Damn straight he can. Um, yes, he's going to do it. Um, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but like I said, li- listen out for our show because our show. 
hopefully should be should be good um the the, the final question sorry i i had this come through as a message from step in stefan he says, um, with regards to Harry Kane, um, the Champions League final, we all knew we, we rushed him back to fitness and clearly he shouldn't have been out on the pitch. Are we risking the same, doing the same for this Sunday? What do you think, mate? I, I don't know. Do you know what he's in? Do you, do you know what the current status of his injury is? No. T- typically, when, when uh, if an ankle injury or something like that, there's a scan done, which has been done. Um, they put him in a protective boot and all this stuff. He's not wearing that. He's not on crutches. I think it feels more like a like a slight strain. Um, the fact is, he, he is he wasn't able to run, but then he, he is now. He isn't able to take part in training just because they're a bit nervous of the contact. Uh, but anyone who saw him jump up when Sonny scores can tell he isn't nervous of it. You know, no. anyone here who's got uh, done their ankle, their knee, or anything like that, one of the big things is you sometimes go to like stand up and go, nope, no, yeah, it's gone. Wince, start <laughs> yeah. wincing, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's obviously not that. Um, if this was Jose, we'd all be going. It's mind games. It's mind games. Mm. I don't think Ryan would play that sort of game. I think they're generally not sure. The big difference between this and the Champions League final, I would say, is I think Harry missed nine weeks going into that final. Yeah. Um, he'd have missed one game if he plays. Yeah, yeah. It's different. He's it's fit. Different. He's yeah. sharp. He's in the form of his life. So I don't think it's the same. I, I don't think. I mean, if Harry is fit to play, Harry should play. Play him, there's no, yeah. yeah, there's no two ways about it. He is just, you know, he's missed one game. That's not, it's not the same thing. No. Um, so thank you very much for everybody for all the questions and everything. We are going to wrap now with the the kind of topic which we need to get into, um, which is the European Super League. I mean, there were so many questions about it in the thing. So for everybody who asked the question, I wasn't ignoring it. I just already had it written down as something we were going to talk about. Um, just in case people were hiding under a rock, just to sort of bullet point this. Uh, in midnight, uh, I think it was Monday. <laughs> wow this week's gone weird uh, Sunday, Monday, whenever the hell it was um, the club announced along with 11 other teams across Europe and the and Premier League that they were forming a breakaway competition called the European Super League um, the details then kind of flowed like crazy from various journalists on what this would be um, and within two days the whole thing is collapsed um, the English teams have withdrawn um, I would say though that the the chairman of the European Super League, also the president of Real Madrid, Florentin Perez, is claiming today that all of these teams signed contracts and are going to get smashed heavily with financial penalties for withdrawing. I, I don't quite know what the hell is going on there, but um, the European Super League. Now this is a topic that me and you need to get into. Um, we raised it and we debated it a bit in our chat. Um, you were for it. I I wouldn't say I was for it. I just was uh, open to the idea of it. Why? If it's not a silly question, because obviously we sort of gone back on it a bit, and I think it's quite a good thing for the podcast here to different views. Hmm. Why? What about the European Super League was attractive to you? Because because I mean, obviously. I've got quite strong views about why I think it was an awful idea. Mm. So I, I kind of, and I'm always quite open to debate. I, I really would love, you know, what, what was it about it that sort of you thought was the, the key to making it worthwhile exploring? 
Yeah, I guess uh, I, I didn't like the idea of uh, it being then there being no relegation. So that kind of took that competition all, uh, away, which I understand is it, it leaves a, that's, a, a, that's a bit of taste. Things, yeah. yeah, but I, I just I, I guess for me it was we were I know we we sat Mourinho that day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a mad day. <laughs> yeah, but we we just but for, for for me I just kind of thought look. And it was my birthday as well on the Monday, which which may and I know you kind of look at your life, I guess, don't you? When it's your birthday, you look. So I was yeah. forty two, and I'm thinking, right, well, I'm forty two today. My and... lucky number, by the way, which I told you, and I said you yeah. can have a great year. And Jose got sacked. The yeah, you go. Yeah, birthday, so, yeah. So it's all going to fall in the line, mate. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. But I just uh, I, I I felt look go back as a and this is do you know what this is the thing is as a Spurs fan. So as a Spurs fan, yeah. uh, we've had. The the F, in my in my living memory, I know I know I was alive yeah. when we won the two FA Cups when I was very very little. But yeah. in my living memory, the FA Cup in '91, yeah. and then the two League Cups in '99 and 2008. So yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, three cups. Yeah, three cups. And so I just thought, here we have an opportunity um, to compete in a tournament where we like. And, and I know the argument that me and you were having was that. Look, so they've they've promised three point five billion to the to the clubs, mm-hmm. and your your argument, which was very valid, and I and I and I understand the point, was that if they give us say five hundred million, they're going to give Man City five hundred million, but Man City have already got ten billion, so yeah, exactly, they've got yeah. ten billion plus five hundred million, so they've still got a lot more. But it, it's almost like for me, I felt like, wow, this is an opportunity to spend the second half of my life actually enjoying like you know it, it seeing us compete for something as opposed to going season by season yeah. um uh hoping but never winning any like the the league cup for example never being in the premier league like never yeah. having a realistic chance of winning the premier league and this is this is this could be like something to look forward to like an exciting second half of my life supporting Spurs that's what it that's what it was I mean yeah no I I do get that don't don't you get that buzz from potentially being in the Champions League like by by Ernie because I think one of the things that I I, so so much has come out now by the way which I think if I rattled through some of these things with you now you'd just be like oh hell no Hmm. so let me give you an example of something that's now come out um, one of the things that worried me was the idea that these 12 teams were creating this and they were ring fenced. So think of it like the NFL. Like, yeah. uh, I quite like NFL, by the way. I quite like American football. But basically, there's no promotion and relegation in that. It's franchise teams. So in essence, they're in it every year, no matter what. So basically, Tottenham, all the threats about being kicked out of the Premier League and all that, let's imagine all of those threats weren't valid. And the FA and everyone didn't follow through with any of it, and they just begrudgingly allowed this to happen. Mm-hmm. So the players could still play international football. Um, we're still in the Premier League and all the cups domestically. So just assuming that all of the bad stuff that the threats weren't happening. So this this competition's just happening instead of the Champions League. On a regular basis, we play this ring fenced competition, and we'd be in it every single year. For I think the founding members are guaranteed like 25 years, judging by the contract. So for 25 years, which, you know, for me and you uh, in our 40s and everything like that, is probably going to be the rest of our rest of our life. Yeah. yeah, a good chance. That's a big yeah. chunk of everything. We're going to be seeing us play against these teams 
on a like a like basically Premier League, and then you got the European Super League, everything like that. Now, what's interesting is part of the contract was brought in was that there was an agreement that these teams wouldn't buy players from each other. Did you know that? No. Okay. So these teams would not be allowed to buy players from each other. Also, within five years, a review would be had into um, creating a more global reach with fan base and engaging more with America, which means that games will be played globally. So think about the NFL International Series, where the games are played in London, at our very stadium, for example. Tottenham versus Real Madrid could be played in New York. Uh, Manchester United versus you know Barcelona could be played in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Then I know this is something the Premier League looked into and everyone went, no. <laughs> but with the European Super League, that was something they were going to do. And the thing that uh, Leeds United picked up on and mocked openly, I don't know if you've seen this, when Leeds drew with Liverpool the other night, when they posted the full-time score, they said Leeds United won, Merseyside Reds won. Right. Because part of the proposal was all of the teams would rebrand. Okay. So if you're a part of the European Super League, Tottenham Hotspur would potentially become the London Lily Whites. Okay. Arsenal would become the London Red Sox. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just I'm just spitballing stupid names now. All of this is part of the European Super League proposal. Okay. And this is why fan groups, etc., and everyone like that were just kind of visceral and angry at this. The chairman of these clubs have gone. Yeah, thanks for the hundred years of history, but pfft, money. Yeah, but you, you've got to bear in mind that a hundred years ago, things were very, very, very different to what they are now. Massively, things just yeah. change. I, I mean, look, like, I, I, yeah. I, I think I might have um, um, mentioned this um, before because uh, it's something that's quite. Actually, I did. I can remember mentioning it on a previous podcast. So apologies, but it, it feels quite relevant. Is that I um, on Facebook? There's a on my local group. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I I pretended to set up this petition to change the name of my town I live in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it it, it starts off an ST, like, you know, like you get like Stevenish, for example. So I I pretended to set up this uh, petition to to change it to St. Evanage. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, that's the the outrage, the utter sheer outrage. I was called a CUNT. I was called all kinds of things. How dare you how dare you even think about changing the name yeah. of of our town and 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 i was kind of mockingly saying i'm just separating the second word from the third second letter from the third letter that's literally all i'm doing you know but i i appreciate that uh pete that it's human nature not to like change. we don't like change we just do not like change human beings do yeah. not like change we like the way we the way things are we don't like to change things but un- unfortunately um uh over the last and do you know what actually do you, do you know this this will bring me in nicely actually because I, I i've been trying to um i've been trying to articulate and you and you know me i'll, I'll confess i'm i'm not the best unlike yourself good self i'm i struggle sometimes to articulate uh how i feel and like the opinion i have you know so i was thinking maybe if i just look online and see if i can find um people who kind of share my feelings towards towards it all if you know what i mean mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think for me, it's not, um, I know there were, I know there were, uh, bad things. Like there was a lot of the proposals left a bit of a bad taste, but for me, I think 
I, I felt even the bad taste also I had was through the outrage. You know, the outrage. The the for, for me personally, I think the excessive outrage also left a bad taste. You know, so I had a look and. For example, I, found, I think it was like Reddit, I think I went on uh, yeah. one of the sites on here. But um, so, so here we go. Look, so I found a, I found something from this guy. And I think he's actually, here we go. Look, so he's an Arsenal fan. So I'll st start with the caveat that I'm an Arsenal fan and yeah. I'm appalled by the announcement of this Super League. It will ruin football. However, this is the culmination of 25 years of greed. He said, some of the reactions I have seen are ironic. Gary Neville, who has been the most vocal about his feelings, was a part of a Man United team that preferred to play in the World Club Championships over the FA Cup. That cup has never recovered its pre prestige. And you would, I think you'd agree with that, Sam. Yep. Uh, let's not forget that the birth of the Premier League had an eerily similar beginning to the Super League. That's with not Sky true. Uh, with Sky TV being its biggest benefactor. That's not true, though. The, the same Sky that are providing the platform for people like Neville to share their feelings, most likely because they will not be receiving the rights to show this in the new league. Having been forced to pay Messi over £1 million per week to keep him and the fans happy, Barcelona are hev heavily in debt. Why wouldn't they accept hundreds of millions of pounds being thrown at them? When our clubs don't spend, um, don't spend tens of millions on new players, we moan. When our clubs don't offer extravagant contracts to existing star players, we moan. We are all to blame just as much as these owners for the greed that has enveloped football. Now, with, with, the, with the Premier League, I did have a look because I, I was... 13 when the Premier League um, started so it wasn't something that I, I took particular interest obviously, obviously I was interested in the football but yeah. the politics behind it I, I wasn't uh, particularly you know I didn't pay much course, to attention yeah. to right okay so I've, I've looked back and it's difficult to look back and get quotes and get opinions back in them days because we didn't have social media did we and things no. like that so a lot of a lot of quotes and stuff were probably said in the pub but, but not yeah, recorded yeah. like they are nowadays okay um so here we are this so, so this is this is this is found on a site it says a lot of talk about dismantling the old league system in favor of a super league has been uh, banded about in the 1980s step forward the big five arsenal everton liverpool man united and tottenham hotspur these clubs claimed that they earned and spent the most and wanted to form an elite division so they could do more of the same the main obstacle they as they saw it was the affiliation to the football league which had organized league football for over a century so here you go you've got a, 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 the so-called big five that that want to separate. Now, also, the reason why they wanted to separate is because all the money they made, they wanted to keep in their own league. They, they yeah. didn't want that money going to... The, like, before the Premier League started, all the money got shared between the four divisions and yeah. they wanted to keep all the money to themselves. So they had that greed. They wanted to keep it to themselves, just like the Super League, just like this proposed Super League. And uh, here it says, with some of the best games no longer available on Trestle TV, some expressed their wider concerns about exclusive deals, including Sebastian Coe, the newly elected Conservative MP, who said, I think it's wrong that only 2 million dish owners get access to such major sporting events. Others were just saddened that the simple tradition of teams kicking off at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon had God because of the TV scheduling. So there we go. We've got people that are outraged and upset about this new Premier League that started. And the irony that the, 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 the guy, the biggest dissenting voice and the one that started all this utter, complete outrage, he's a guy that's probably one of the most highest paid uh, uh, employees of Sky. Yeah. You, you know, I, I can I can well imagine uh, Rupert Murdoch after that going, Gary, cheers, mate. I'm going to stick another million in your bonus pot this 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 year. You've done me a massive favour. You know, th no, this 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 idea that 
this idea that so the idea the super... that Gary Neville works for Sky means that his opinion's invalid. No, it doesn't. Doesn't make his opinion invalid, but it's just the it's just the irony and the hypocrisy that you've got Sky that you you got you look you look on the Sky News app now. Everyone uh, is about I'm... how this was such a, such a disgusting idea, yeah. and Sky, and Sky they took football away from the fans. Like two million people out of fifty odd million had Sky dishes, yeah. so that's forty eight million people that couldn't watch football, and 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 they're they're the ones that are most outraged about this 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 new Super League. You know, yeah. it, it's just the utter hypocrisy that just makes me feel sick. Well. Let, 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 let's address the one thing there that isn't true. The Premier League and the Super League aren't the same thing. You can look at the similarities if you want. Certainly, that there's equally that there's a big outrage over the potential of change. People don't like change, but let's just make it clear that if you're at Bolton Wanderers, you can dream of playing in the Premier League and you could achieve it through sporting success. If you are Everton, one of the most historic best clubs in this country you will never play in the Super League why not because didn't they say that there was five places available for yeah, teams and, Ameri- yeah, and the six English teams get the vote on if any more English teams can join because the most English teams are in there at the moment alright fine for 25 years Everton won't be playing in the Super League you think I, that's I, you think that's the same as the Premier League it's not I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's, it's the same but the greed is is clear is clearly similar, very very similar. Here yeah, you've but, got but, like you've got people why, that want, but, but yet you're saying it's a good thing. Like you're rewarding it being there. I, you can look at things. It's like whataboutism. It's like oh, the Super League's bad. Yeah, but so are Sky. It's like that. That doesn't make a difference. The Super League is bad in isolation, and the fan movement and the groundswell around that should now turn their attention back to Sky and back to all of these owners and go. Do you know what? You standing on your platform shouting about that we're also trying to charge us 13.99 to watch bloody stoke versus Valadaf Kaz on a tuesday night and i 100% agree with that 100% so what, so, agree yeah, but Sam, why, why isn't that why isn't it why isn't that the continuing outrage then so because so I, I got ha- because we're not there yet we're two because people don't in. people don't care that's why people are enjoying the premier league so they're ignoring it you know so this will be absolutely screaming to the top of our lungs outraged about this but oh you know the Premier League we enjoy the Premier League so let's not protest about that you know I, 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 I find it hard to stomach the, are, the, the hypocrisy two, of this we are two days into it we are two days like literally if something goes wrong you address the big thing like this has been a catalyst and constantly all across all of the fan platforms Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust have got an emergency meeting of all members this Friday. And I guarantee you, on that agenda will be exactly this, which is where do we go now? You know, we as a fan group have just proven that we do have a voice in this. Now, let's go after ticket prices. Let's go after this. Let's go after that. And But like you said a minute ago, which the, the Arsenal fans post on Reddit is very valid, is the fans have played a part of this. Lionel Messi on a million pound a week, you know, Tottenham at Tottenham, we don't make a 30 to 40, 50 million pound signing. Everyone's screaming Levy out and Enoch out and everything like that. We are all, we have all been a part of this problem. This perpetual cycle has got to a point, but everything, everything, there is a tipping point. And for me, the European Super League is that. So people being critical of it, yeah, you can scream hypocrisy if you like, but it's a tipping point. It's like like you just said, everyone's kind of like, I like the Premier League, we're going to go along with it. Oh, I like big signings, we're going to go along with it. And you reach a point which is like, do you know what, actually no, we've hit this wall. 
this this is it this is where stuff needs to change the government have set up a commission which are going to look into football ownership around around the way football clubs are managed in this country and how the fans aren't taken into account so much potential change is here right now because of this super league to just brand it all as hypocrisy when we're like two days into it let's wait and see what happens if in two to three weeks everything's gone back to normal everyone's ignored it I will 100% agree with you and say this is bullshit. But we it, are two days in from, like, like three days from it being announced and it crumbling, and there is this big groundswell at the moment for change. And it's, it's because it was a tipping point. And so, for me, I'm on board with that. I'm on board with the idea that we can actually enact real change to try and give football back to the people, to try and do something... And Sky and all of that lot have been shouting the most about it. So when everything, all the attention turns to them, they've got an opportunity to do something. I personally think they're just going to turtle and try and ride it out. Of course they will. But of they will. Here, here is the opportunity. Here is the opportunity because it is about to turn. It is literally the whole focus on that Super League and them shouting about it the loudest means that when everyone's like gone, right, definitely that's done, right. And then it's going to turn around. Like I said, Tottenham Hotspur Supporter Trust this Friday, 6pm. If you're a member, there is a there is a meeting to discuss what happens next now. You know, the, the, the fan movement, these fan groups, all from different clubs, have all united in this. It is an opportunity for real change. Um, but, but like I said, focusing on the European Super League, I mean, to me, one of the biggest things that I was just so against was the ring fencing of it. If you want to create a new competition... Because UEFA and FIFA are corrupt bastards. I'm on board. If you want to do something that's run by somebody else, there's everything like that, and is consulted and people can get into it, it's something to play towards, there's something that's achievable. You know, not all change is good, not all change is bad. Let's explore that. But the fact that they've been meeting in secret behind everyone's back for four to five years to set this up is is shitty. There's no two ways about that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. You know, I, I just, like, like I say, I, I just think it's, it, 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 I've just kind of found this, this outrage. I just, I don't, it doesn't sit comfortably with me. It really does, doesn't. And I, and I don't know if, if you're happy for me just to indulge me. I just found like something else I found earlier as well, which was kind of articulates a lot of what I feel about as well. Uh, it's it's just a, a few paragraphs, but if you'll indulge me, I'll just read this out and see what your opinion is in this one. It's a, it's from a, a guy uh, called Paul McDevitt that's just written a, few, a, a well, so a few paragraphs. So, um, so he said, I st- "This is obviously before it got completely just, you know, it collapsed like it has." So he says, "Still not sure about this Super League thing. It isn't clear how it will operate. Plus, without teams like Bayern, PSG, and the inclusion of the recently dodgy Milan's and the current Arsenal and Spurs team, it's a bit special to call yourself Super, which I agree with. But I am loving all the hypocritical outrage." He said, "So Boris is is going to get tough. All politicians absolutely love football when it comes to a possible vote catching opportunity, but are missing when real action is needed. The leader of the self same Tory government that did this is is best." Uh, did his best to hinder the inquiries into Hillsborough, who killed the idea of safe standing and pandered to the FA that is clearly not fit for purpose and meeting the diversity of the country. But oh yes, when there's a chance to rally the crowd around those nasty Johnny foreigners, Boris is all over it. 
then I was thinking about all the those protesting about the Americanization of the game and stuff around those American owners. Fine, but how many love American football would pay to see a game in England or support the idea of a franchise in England? Quite a few, I would imagine. We want to keep the EPL for the English as long as those foreigners invest in us. And remember, it's not just the top six, but all the way down to the Premier League and Championship, but the concern that the Golden Goose may be flying the coup. The game has exploded in the EPL precisely because people from around the world follow the game. It may take them forever to pay for a team shirt and the chance of them ever affording to see a game at the home ground almost non-existent, but they help raise the profile investment in the team that we don't that we get to watch regularly. But hey, don't allow them the chance to see their team play a competitive game elsewhere. The way I can see an American football game in London only we, only works one way, you know. Uh, UEFA are splatting all over their expensive coffee and croissant in Switzerland in the private suite of their five-star hotel. Sacre bleu, how dare those non-French-speaking Genie Nouveau uh, comers take control of our game? Even Piers Morgan has decided to stop hammering young women who won't give him the time of day for a moment to tweet his distaste. Something that gets up his nose so bad has to be a good thing. Question is, which is being more talked about right now? Line of Duty's most recent cliffhanger or the new Super League? Damn Jed Mercurio. Will anyone who isn't a diehard football fan even notice? And I know there's a lot of humour in that, but I do think he makes a lot of good points, you know. Um, I think if you're looking at it from a certain political point of view, you can point score all day long on whatever any politician does. Um, I, I'm very neutral in that, and I just think, like I said a minute ago, it's a tipping point, and I, I find it amazing that people can't grasp that. You, you reach a point where something happens, where everyone goes, crap, we need to look at this, status quo exists, it's, it's a thing, it happens in every single walk of life. Uh, in your job, in your career, anything that you do, stuff happens every single day until something goes wrong and then everyone goes, oh my God, <laughs> we did that mm. every day. Do you know mm. what? It wasn't that long ago that we all got together for birthday parties and some little brat spat all over a cake before we ate it. <laughs> and that was normal. Uh, do, do you see what I mean, though? Something happens that makes everyone go, oh shit, yeah, that's not right. And if this is a tipping point moment that makes the world look at football differently, I completely agree. And I think it needs to happen. But to to try and take what drives me insane with this is what I call whataboutism, which is we are talking about the European Super League and the formation of that. And you're, anyone wants to talk about, yeah, but Sky, yeah, but Boris, yeah, but this, yeah, but, yeah, but uh, we're not talking about that. They're the, they're the ones that are fueling the outrage, Sam, that's why. I'm pissed off and outraged. I'm not being fueled by Sky. I'm being fueled by my outrage because of my intellect and my ability to look. Yeah, at Sam, this. I, that's not. That's. I'm not being. I'm not saying you are, mate. I'm not saying you are personally because no, but, but I know you're an intelligent person. Like and and the, and the thing is, you 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 know your stuff. But I know there's lots and lots of people out there that don't. You're right, and that, and that does happen. That gets radicalised for everything, whether you're the left or the right. You get radicalised by people shouting with a megaphone, and it creates a thing. But one of the things, like, just I just can't get my head around. Like, if you break this down into like the really simplest thing, is like if you are even slightly left leaning, and I know, I know, for example, you are. I know, perhaps at times I am. I know a lot of people are, and you're trying to say that the Super League, you know, all change is good. This is quite literally the definition of the rich getting rich oh completely yeah no i i, I agree and i I'm like I, and yet people are people are okay with that i i think look my 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 like i say my thoughts are is there's certain elements of it that just didn't that left a bad taste like the fact that it, that that kind of that you know the, the, the fact you don't get relegated that kind of stuff here yeah, there was stuff fence, that, yeah. that yeah ring fence that left a bad taste but I felt like, and you say, look, it's only been two days in or yeah. three days and whatever. It's now gone, done. It's all gone now because of this 
outrage. Utter <laughs> well, outrage. Well, we think but it why is. Could... <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perez seems to think not. <laughs> yeah, but but I just think, why couldn't we have just like looked at it and like, you know, okay, so let's take away the ring fence element of it, okay? So let's, okay, in principle, I see where you're coming from. You, you want the biggest teams to play the biggest teams. So we haven't got... Um, uh, Barcelona playing uh, some random team from some deep dark corner yeah, of Eastern Europe. Yeah. So because no one wants to, what really wants to watch that, you know, unless you're no. a Barcelona fan or from that other team. So yeah. in principle, let, we we we, we want to get the best games every week. We want the Barcelona's uh, versus the Man United and the and the Chelsea's versus the Real Madrid's. We want those games every week. So in principle, they've. They've, they've got a good idea. Don't get me wrong, I'm not naively saying that money wasn't a major factor. I appreciate money was a major, major factor in it. And especially why it's no coincidence that Real Madrid and Barcelona are still clutching with their fingernails onto this idea because yeah. this was going to get them out of a massive hole they're in. I appreciate that. But I just think it was because of the outrage that it's now all gone. And the outrage came from places that were inspired um, uh, or projected by... And, and I know you're saying it's what about it is, and I appreciate that, but it, the, the outrage was 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 projected and inspired by the very people that are just as disgusting as 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 the the, the people that created the, this this idea in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I don't like. And and, and so I, I I was I was happy to go look. I was happy. I would have been happy for for me and you on the podcast to go air our air our, our, our problems with it. And I'll, we would probably been exactly on the same side with the whole thing. This doesn't seem feel right, but let's see where, where they go with it. But this this outrage, and it's a bit like you know um, when I don't know if you remember a few years ago. Uh, I think he's passed away now, but the guy that was in uh, um, oh, Forty Towers who played the Spanish yeah, uh, yeah, waiter. Yeah, played Manuel. So, yeah, yeah. so so um, the comedian, and again his name escapes me as well. Uh, phoned him on a radio show. Do you know who I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, Russell Brand. Rang Russell him, Brand, yeah, that's right. Daughter, yeah, that's right. And there was hundreds of thousands of people complaining. Yeah. And probably only about 100 people actually listened to the actual recording, you know? We, we just get caught up in this outrage, you know? And I wish people, like like you, and, I, and I'm happy to say it, like people will just look into things, understand things before being outraged. Yeah. And and I just I found it all just really frustrating and exhausting, and I think that's that's where I'm coming from with it. There, I'm not there, I'm not pro it. And there are things that happen that deserve massive massive outrage. Um, there and I'm not trying to put this to any sort of pedestal stuff, but you see some things happen which results in riots and results in you know people sort of taking to the streets stuff like that. Because sometimes there are things that happen that does deserve that. Whether over football when you put it in the grand scheme of things is something I, I don't know I mean that's not for me to answer there's some people are very much football is life <laughs> you know yeah sure um, sure and I, I will say I saw a lot of people mocking the fans that went out to protest outside the grounds and stuff for me I, I'm kind of whether I agree with it or not at least they got off their ass you know, I see so many people on social media on a daily basis run the club down, run this down, run this down. Oh, uh, why don't they just bugger off? Well, at least these people got off their asses, printed a sign and went out and stood there. You know, this you can mock them all you want. If they got the strength of conviction to do it, I'm all for it. Um, what it comes down to for me with the European Super League was it changes inevitable, change does happen, evolution does happen. When you do something in secret you're doing it because you know you're wrong 
Now, I'm going to put this out there right now. If all of these clubs were meeting and discussing this and everybody knew about it, everyone was on board, then the consultation would have been happening whilst it was being discussed. And everyone would have been on the lines of, you know, the Premier League being formed is the example you used. The way that was done, FIFA, UEFA, everyone was on board. The FA was on board because it became part of the competition landscape. It became part of people could aspire to get there. European competition, teams can aspire to get to these competitions and see their team achieve it. With this, that just isn't there. And the reason why it isn't there is because these clubs decided between themselves in secret with no consultation, no consideration of the fans... And I think one of the things that kind of sent me over the edge, if you like, into this kind of rage over it was the fact that the owners all had a memo circulated between them, which a journalist who did an amazing job breaking this story, by the way, and forced them into making that announcement at midnight, got hold of this memo, which basically said that the fans aren't going to like this or existing fans aren't going to like this, aren't going to like this. And this company came in and said, well, they are what are called legacy fans. You don't need to worry about them because we're going to get new ones. So basically, the whole idea of this Super League, Daniel Levy, for example, as our chairman, looked at this and went, all of the fans who go to our stadium have been supporting us, who go to Stoke away on a Thursday night, who've been travelling to Vladadak Kaz in the Europa League, they don't matter. And literally made that decision based on this memo signed by all of these chairmen, which is they will become our legacy fans and we will be looking to attract new audience on a global scale. Now, the points you were trying to make a minute ago about, you know, oh, we don't want Johnny Foreigner to be involved. That's not me. That That's not my viewpoint. I want fans all around the world to support my football club. And if Tottenham do tours to Asia, do tours to the USA, whatever, whatever, whatever. The Super League, and my biggest issue with this is the fact that me and all the fans, all the people that go to the stadium, you as a season ticket holder, would not get a European Super League season, part of your season ticket. You'd have to buy that separate. We were legacy fans. We were forgotten. We were disregarded. They didn't care about us. And this decision was made with all of that pointed out to them by all of these companies and all of these researchers, and they still sign the damn thing. It, mate, listen, it comes down to money. Like everything else, it comes down to money. That's yeah. all it is. It's greed. And look, I'm, I know you're going to keep, keep, you know, you don't like me going, what what about is and what, what about, what about. But I will just say, you know, you, you say about how they, they didn't, con- like, you know, with, with the Premier League, they didn't, con- they, everyone was consulted, everyone was on board. Yeah. What about the poor, what about the teams in the in the in the first division, the second division, that were, or like the lower leagues that were getting money from the top tier? That suddenly were going to cap- did they have did they have a voice? Um, did, 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 does it does it protest now about them? And like you know, some some we've had we've, we've you've we've seen teams literally collapse, haven't you? Team obviously Berry Berry have gone now, and they teams have collapsed because of it, you know. And I, and I just don't like the fact that people are so outraged about this, yet they're happy to forget about teams like Berry just going into non-existence as long as Chelsea are winning like, you know, winning the title or Man City yeah. like they're, they're t- like they, I, just, I don't like the hypocrisy of it from not well, just from pundits from, from fans as well well it's funny because I could circle right back to the first thing you said which is you like the idea because Tottenham would get money and you might be able to enjoy watching Tottenham so where was your care for all those clubs in that moment yeah but I'm I'm <sighs> No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, but Sam, I'm not the one. Sh- I'm not the one shouting and screaming that this is the, the out- outrageousness of it. You know, I'm not. I, 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 I want to take a level-headed look at it. And you know, okay, part part of me is like, yeah, 
that I, I would happily, and I did say at the time, it's the selfish side in me that I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing just my club do do something and get somewhere, you know. But at the same time, I'm I'm not the one just screaming from the rooftops about how outrageous the whole thing is, you know. Without and and then, uh, you know, we've we've all we've, we've we can all be hypocritical, but. I, I just for me the bad taste that's left in my mouth is how outraged people are and how they yeah. how they just wouldn't kind of have people just well, let's let's you know let's have a look at it let's okay if if that doesn't work you know the ring fence element okay how how else can it be done but it's it's now gone it's now done and dusted and finished and and you know the likes of FIFA and UEFA uh, who, who they they they're the ones that are screaming it out you know they're the ones getting firing people up as well. But you know, let's go back to how, how, it, how, it, how it is, and, and I know you, you're saying that this could be, this could be a, a change, and this could get everyone like you know to look at themselves like Sky and UA from FIFA and that. But mate, it won't. I guarantee it won't. Yeah. It won't. All right, well, I think we'll. Draw I don't the think line it will. There. I think we'll draw the line there because we could go round in circles all day. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully for everybody listening, hearing the different sides being put out there was quite useful, quite a quite a fun debate. Um, hopefully, anyway, because uh, otherwise people are going to switch off. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck that! I'm not listening to them anymore. Um, so yeah, Sunday's so... Sunday's episode's going to be a little more fun, Sam. Oh, oh, Jesus! Yeah, it's going to be like uh, Santa Claus on Prozac getting a blowjob. I'm going to be <laughs> so go. over the top. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but look, big thank you to everybody for listening. I hope getting to hear us air all of that out was helpful for everybody because I think. Um, you know, I think looking at it from every point of view is a good thing. I think everybody should always try and do that. I think everyone should always do their own research. I think everyone should always have discussions open-mindedly. I think people should go into things and try and make an educated decision, not just follow the mob, which I think is what Matt's trying to say as well. So um, a big thank you to everybody. A big thank you to you, Matt, for joining me this morning and taking up a good two hours of your time. It's been a long one, this one, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it has, yes. I've not heard a woman say that to me in my life, but never mind. <laughs> uh, big thank you, everybody. Look, uh, Looking forward to the League Cup final. Tottenham won a game of football yesterday. Not everything is crap. We will be back uh, next week, but of course, the final, League Cup final Sunday. Look out for our special. I'm basically promoting it every day on the Facebook page, so if you're on that, you ain't going to be able to miss it. Until then, everyone, take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News.